Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Girl Next Door. Little bit of trivia for you. Did you know? No, you wouldn't know, but I'm telling you that last week when I was recording the podcast, I actually had COVID that day and I didn't realize it. It was actually because I was recording the podcast and then I kept thinking, my neck is so sore. I think I've sat funny while I was recording. Um, And then I had this headache that I couldn't shake. And then I was like, hang on a second. Maybe I finally caught it since the rest of my family got it. So yeah, there you go. I did. And it's only a week later and I'm good. But anyway, guys, we don't want to hear about COVID today. Are you sick of it? I am so sick of hearing about it. So we are going to have a bit of a change of pace today. And I want to talk about something that I would say is probably a topic that I would be the most passionate about. That's probably, well, really, it's the whole reason I'm doing this podcast. I want to talk about the most powerful thing that you can do, the most powerful thing that you can be, one of the most deadliest weapons that you can have um, in your arsenal of weapons. And that is, guys, the power of being somebody who thinks for themselves. If you can learn to be a critical thinker, honestly, it will make you absolutely unstoppable in life, okay? To be a critical thinker, to be someone who thinks for themselves, someone who questions things, someone who doesn't just passively believe everything that everybody else is going along with, who doesn't just follow the masses. So what is critical thinking? Basically, it's it's reflective thinking that focuses on deciding what you're going to believe or what you're going to do. Or a more, um, a bit of an easier definition, I guess, is really it's just about deciding what's true, what you think is true, and therefore what you should do. So this podcast is really just one huge big think fest. And um, I know a lot of you contact me all the time and say, I really enjoy listening to it because you make me think or you give me a different perspective on things. And um, to be honest, I've learned so much as a person from doing this podcast because I'm forced to think about a lot of different topics and I write everything down, which is very powerful. And I'm going to talk about that. But we are in an era where we are told what we should think by the media, by mass opinion, by social media. And the only acceptable thing to do these days seems to be to subscribe to popular opinion or to risk being cancelled. And how many times have we seen recently people being cancelled one by one? But the problem is popular opinion will always change. Popular opinion does not necessarily regard truth. Popular opinion does not consult morals, and it certainly doesn't consult the Bible. So, you know, once upon a time, society was formed on the moral compass that the Bible provided. 
That is how Australia was set up, but it's slowly moving more and more and further and further away from that. And people, and this is what worries me the most right now, and it is not just affecting the young generation. I'm seeing this affect everybody where we are being conditioned and told what we should do, how we should act, how we should live our life, no thinking required. Let me give you an example from 2020. I was going to say last year, but now it's the year before. Black Lives Matter was a very good example of this, right? Where you literally had about 24 hours to post this black tile. I remember it coming up on my feed. All of a sudden, my Instagram feed was becoming this um, this this scroll of this live feed of, of black tiles. And I remember thinking something's wrong with the app. But there was this pressure. I remember it was about uh, maybe four or five o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. And one by one, my feed was just turning to this, this black color. And I just remember thinking, hang on a second, like what's everyone doing? Why are they doing this? And you kind of were not allowed to process it or just like take a minute to work out what's going on. And within 24 hours, not even that, you either did or didn't post a black tile. And in doing so, you literally said to the whole world what side of the fence you were sitting in, depending on whether or not you posted a black tile. And you, because of that, became either acceptable or unacceptable. And I just remember thinking, this is ridiculous. And and I couldn't believe how quickly people bowed down and how many people, by the way, posted a black tile without knowing what they were doing. They just saw everyone else do it. They saw this hashtag that sounded good and they're like, quick, I better do it. But Cameron and I are not like that. We have never done things because the masses are telling us to. And I also am not someone that does something just because everyone else is doing it. I want a minute to work out, hang on, what is this all about? I've, I've been that way with the vaccines, just because everybody's saying to go do it. I'm like, hang on a second. I was like this with the HPV vaccine, that all these parents were just signing off on their kids to get it. It's this great idea. I'm like, hang on a second. What is this HPV vaccine? What is HPV? And it made me stop and research and ask questions, but that's what I'm like as a person. And I want to encourage every one of you to be exactly the same. And, you know, with with the Black Lives Matters tile that was happening in, in 2020, by the time I had any semblance of an idea of what this was even all over, like who even is, was George Floyd? I didn't even know. By the time I worked it out, it was kind of too late and we were all judged either way. Well, we didn't post. I didn't post personally. Cameron didn't post. We didn't post anything on our church Instagram. And we even had one person in our church um, leave our church because we didn't post a black tile. And that's never a nice outcome, right? But in the end, I remember we were just like, we're fine with that because if someone leaves over whether or not we posted this, this, this tile on Instagram, that says a lot more about them than it does about us. And we have to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to be manipulated because at the same time that we had someone leave because we didn't post, we had another family come to us and say, if you had posted, we would have left. 
And so if you live life always bowing to the opinion of someone else, at some stage, you're going to displease somebody. If you always bow down to living your life according to someone else's rules, then you might make them happy as long as you're doing what they want. But the second you don't do what they want, well, they're going to be unhappy with you. And it is an exhausting way to live your life. I mentioned a moment ago, the vaccine is another example. Uh, People have allowed this decision to be taken out of their hands by going along with a government mandate. Now, people would say, well, we really didn't have a choice because what happened was we were not allowed to ask questions. We were not allowed to think for ourselves about the vaccine. We were told what to think. We have been told what is and isn't acceptable. But I would argue that we always have a choice. It really is a matter of if we're willing to take the consequence of that choice. And this is the thing about critical thinking. Critical thinking, it takes courage because often it means that you're going to go against the flow of what everyone else is doing and thinking. Um, In fact, so many people now are following the masses that it really is a rare find and a gold find to come across somebody who thinks for themselves and who thinks critically. And the reason that you will be unstoppable if you are a critical thinker is because thinking needs and leads to action. And if you think for yourself, then you are going to be someone who acts for yourself. And that means that you are going to have great influence because what will happen is you will lead instead of being led. You will become the influencer instead of being the one being influenced. So Jordan Peterson talks a lot about critical thinking. And he says that the best way to teach critical thinking is to teach people how to write. He says that it is a deadly three to be able to think, to write, and to speak. So those three right there are three of the greatest weapons that you can gird yourself with, that you can practice to become a person of great influence. If you can think for yourself, if you can write, and if you can speak. Um, because he says that there is no difference between thinking and writing. And so one of the greatest ways to learn to be a critical thinker is to do a lot of writing, which is what I do with the podcast, by the way. I write everything down because it, it forces me to think through my arguments, to think through the things that are coming out of my mouth. Um, and Jordan Peterson talks about how high schools and universities that no one is actually telling students why they should write something. They think that they're writing just to get a grade, but that is not the reason that we write. Now, I've talked to you guys before about my kids' high school, Kimberley College, and under the leadership of its old principal, he, not the new principal, the new principal is nowhere near as amazing as the other principal was. And it was for this reason. This is what set our old principal apart. He was so much into critical thinking that pretty much the aim, his whole aim of uh, what he wanted the students to learn while they were under his care from year seven to year 12 
was to be people who learn to think for themselves because he knew that if he could teach them to think for themselves, that they would be the ones that would influence society, that that would change the way that they acted and that they would become leaders in society and not followers. And he used to always say, in fact, I used to take notes when our old principal would talk because he was so inspiring to me. He would say, my aim is to ask them questions where they cannot find the answer on Google. Have you ever heard a principal say that? Because I haven't. He's the only principal, and I'm a teacher, so I've heard a lot of principals. He's the only principal who I've heard thinking the way that he did. Computers were used minim- minimally in our school. Um, and that's the reason that we picked that school for our kids. And unfortunately, under the new leadership, it's completely gone back to looking like every other high school, which is so disappointing to me. But, um, you know, when I went to university years ago, when I was learning teaching, when I was studying to be a teacher, we learned about the six hats of thinking. Now, some of you might have heard of it before. It was by Edward de Bono. And there were six different colored hats that represented six different types of thinking. And we were taught as teachers that that, that's how we were taught to learn. And we were taught to teach our kids that that by using these hats, it helps them to think critically, to look at situations through differing points of view. And I used to have those hats on my classroom wall. I have these hats in the academy. I use them with the students now. And I'd never heard of them for a long, long time until I heard and went to my kids' high school, where the principal used to also put those hats up on the wall. The whole point of our high school was to teach the kids um, how to think, not what to think. And we are in an endemic, a pandemic right now, where people are not allowed to learn how to think, but instead they're taught what to think. And it worries me. It worries me for um, for our young people, but it worries me even more that our adults are doing the same thing. They're not teaching our young people how to think for themselves. Parents are not teaching their children how to think for themselves. And it is so important. Um you know, notice what's happening right now in this pandemic. We are being told what to think, and then we are rewarded for thinking the way that we've been told to think. The number of people who bought the media lie last week about Novak Djokovic and that he should have been deported was unbelievable to me. How many people believed the media when the media were telling us lies? You would only fall for that if you were a person who does not think for yourself. And by the way, that is why Novak Djokovic was deported. Listen to my podcast last week, because the government is scared that he was going to incite people to think for themselves. That is what they are most scared of. People who can think for themselves rather than being told what to do. Our country is in trouble. Our country is in trouble because our government are telling us what to think rather than telling us or encouraging us how to think and to think for ourselves. And they're afraid that it might motivate a few more Australians to think for themselves. And that is why he was deported. Someone even made a comment on my Instagram about, well, you know, he he showed bad character. I'm like, are you kidding me? Number one, he didn't show bad character. Go back and do your research. Number two, if we can now be deported for showing bad character, then I'd say we're all in trouble. I'd say the first lot of people that should be deported then are our politicians. Like it just was an interesting thing that, uh, an interesting perspective. It just showed to me that people are not thinking for themselves. Um, 
So do you know why our principal taught our kids to be thinkers? Is because he knew that kids who think for themselves act for themselves and that these are the kids who will affect change in the world. These are the people that would become the influencers. And he taught them to think critically in exactly the same way that Jordan Peterson suggested. He made them right. So every week, through their whole high school years, while he was the principal, my kids had to do two things for high school. First, they had to read for half an hour every night. And secondly, they had to write for a half an hour on a particular topic. And they had to spend the whole week articulating and perfecting their piece of writing. And our principal did that because he was teaching them how to be thinkers. They would write on things like the media. He got them to write a lot of response to the media because his opinion was, and he was so correct, that the media... Um, was fake media, that the media was doing this country a disservice. And so he would get the kids to respond a lot and to pick apart the, the, the falsities that we see in the media. He would get them to write on things like, what is the meaning of happiness? He would get them to pull apart poems like the Invictus poem. Um, if you don't know what that is, go and look it up. That was Nelson Mandela's um, poem that he wrote on a piece of paper and read to himself every day that he was in jail. He would get them to write about people who would influence their life and why. He would get them to write letters to politicians. He would get them to write a letter to someone who was a hero in their life. And interestingly, guys, they never did maths homework, ever. He used to get them to brainstorm and mind map on these amazing topics, these philosophical topics. And he was teaching them to be critical thinkers. And I am grateful to this day because my kids are three kids who do not go along with the status quo, but they think for themselves. People who think for themselves are so influential in life. So here's one way that you can know right now if you're a critical thinker or not. Here's one, one thing that's been literally driving me crazy. Sometimes I wake up and I go, Cameron, I cannot deal with this, that people are buying into this lie right now. It literally is driving me half around the bend. And that is, I'm going insane with the misuse of the word anti-vaxxer. If you have been driven insane by the word anti-vaxxer because it is false, congratulations, because you, my friend, are a critical thinker. Because what's happened is the media... And our government have allowed also the word anti-vaxxer to become something that it is not. Calling people who are questioning the vaccine anti-vaxxers is actually a complete misuse of the word. And I cannot believe that people keep using it. I cannot believe that people have to excuse themselves who are asking questions about it by saying, oh, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but... That's right. You're not an anti-vaxxer by asking questions about the vaccine. You cannot be, and I'm sorry if this sounds a little bit harsh, but you cannot be thinking for yourself if you have accepted that word and allowed the definition to be changed. That is propaganda by the media. And I can't believe how many are believing something that is wrong, that we've actually been duped by the media 
and convinced to doubt our own thinking because we all know what an anti-vaxxer is, which by the way, a true anti-vaxxer in the true sense of the word, why aren't they allowed to be an anti-vaxxer anyway? An anti-vaxxer is someone who doesn't believe in vaccines at all. And I know people who, for good reason, would call themselves an actual anti-vaxxer. Not only has the definition of an anti-vaxxer changed, but it's also been allowed to be given a very negative connotation, which I think is very unfair because some people have very good reason. And we are in a free society, remember, where we used to be. But notice that people who don't want the vax or that stick up for people who don't want it, they always begin by saying, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but like they have to justify themselves because they know that they're being wrongly accused. People who question it are not anti-vaxxers. And I don't know why more people are not sticking up for people. I don't know why more people are not correcting others as soon as they hear that word. I correct people. If someone says to me and they use the word anti-vaxxer and they use it wrong, I correct them because it's a misuse of the word. And the more of us that blindly go along with things that are wrong, the more that it's just going to continue So it's really important to be a writer because writing teaches you to think and thinking makes you act effectively in the world. If you can think and speak and write, you are absolutely deadly and nothing can get in your way. Now, you might have heard these two terms lately because this kind of wraps up the very opposite of critical thinking, and that is the word groupthink or mass psychosis. These are two of the the opposites of critical thinking. Um, And we don't have time to kind of go into that now. That takes another whole podcast. But how do you think that over 6 million Jews were brutally slaughtered in plain sight? I'm reading this amazing book at the moment um, that Oprah says that everyone should read it. It should be compulsory reading for every human. Uh, It's actually called Night by um, a man called Ellie Weasel, and it was actually a winner of the Nobel Peace Prize. And it's um, written by this man, he's an old man now, about his survival uh, in Auschwitz during World War II. Him and his father survived Auschwitz. Well, actually, his father died, but he survived Auschwitz. He was 13 at the time. It is a fascinating and a disturbing read. And one of the reasons it is a fascinating and disturbing read is that it exposes the dangers of groupthink. It exposes the danger of what happens when people are are convinced, I guess, to stop thinking for themselves. And so he tells the story of how there were some Jews who early, uh, early on in the war experienced the brutality of the Nazis before they were taken to the concentration camps. And those Jews came back and they tried to warn the other Jews about what was happening. And those Jews never believed them. Even when he tells the story of when they were waiting in the ghettos to be transported to the concentration camps, they had several opportunities to escape because they weren't being guarded. But they didn't, even though they had other Jews, again, running in and saying, come, we've got a place for you. We're in hiding. Don't go with them. But they didn't believe them. Why? And this is what he said. He said, because there was no way, this is what they thought at the time, there was no way that all these terrible things could have happened to the Jewish people while the whole world was watching on, right? That's what they thought. They thought that they were being removed out of the ghettos because it was to protect them, because the front line was getting too close. 
But of course we knew in hindsight that that wasn't true, that they were being killed in the concentration camps, but they didn't believe the stories because they couldn't believe that the whole world would know this and that nobody would say a word. But that is what mass psychosis and groupthink does. It can make people do things and accept things that are wrong, but they do so because it seems like everyone else is accepting it and surely not everyone can be wrong. But guys, everyone can be wrong, very wrong. Now to unpack mass psychosis will like take a whole podcast in itself, but I just wanted to mention it because people who think critically do not become victims of mass psychosis. They don't become victims of groupthink. They don't become victims of just going along with the status quo of what everyone else is thinking and doing. So thinking critically, it will help you win the battles of life. It is the most powerful weapon that you can provide someone with is to give them the skills and the courage to think for themselves. Um, it, it allows you to not conform to conventional ways of thinking um, because often conventional ways of thinking, they're just based on what's fashionable. They're not based on what is morally right. We all know that slavery was once considered to be not immoral. In fact, slavery, guys, was legal. You know, who was the person that then went against the whole of society? The person that went against what everyone said was right, which was that that slavery was completely acceptable. Who was the first person to go against that? And of course, we all know it was Christians. You have to go back to to the principles of your life, to the principles and the values of the Bible and think things out for yourself. Now, this sounds really simple and it sounds really trivial, but in reality, it's profound because in reality, if thinking for yourself was simple and if it was trivial and if it was easy, then way more people would be doing it. But there are so few people who think for themselves and it is, ju- it is, you know, and I don't want anyone to feel judged because it really is uh, the majority of people do go along with doing what everyone else says and thinking the way that everyone else thinks, even if in your gut, you know that it's wrong. Um, and that's what I want to encourage us today to be people that when you know in your gut that something is wrong, stand up and say something. That's like that, like I was saying before, that's what I do when I when I hear someone use the word anti-vaxxer. It literally infuriates me because we've all been allowed to believe this absolute lie about a group of people that is just not true. And it's normal because we want to be liked and it's just easier to tell people what they want to hear. And what people want to hear are those things that they already believe to be true. The last thing that people want to hear is an original idea that contradicts their belief system. Um, and the thing is, when you when you start to talk about and um, and believe things that are of true value in the world, that's a game changer. We need people like that. Critical thinking is crucial to living a meaningful life because it means that we self-reflect and it means that we actively choose our own opinions and our own way to live. And without this, then we're just living the way that we're told to live. And that lacks meaning. Critical thinking is crucial to democracy 
This is what is in most danger in our society right now. We must be allowed to think critically. We must be allowed to form our own opinions, to debate, to ask questions. If this is not allowed, then our democratic society is under threat. But that is exactly what is happening. If you have a different opinion, you're labeled an anti-vaxxer. If you have a different opinion, then you can be deported like Novak Dokovic. Critical thinking is crucial if we want to stay free. We need critical thinking to sift through the myriad of information that's coming at us from every angle. It actually helps us to be more compassionate towards other people because when we're critical thinkers, we are used to entertaining different points of view. We're more open-minded. Critical thinkers are usually highly creative thinkers. That's why people who are thinking for themselves in this time of society are not actually seeing themselves as stuck under these government mandates. In fact, it's the complete opposite. They're seeing themselves as the free ones, that this is an opportunity to pivot and to adapt and to live life on their terms. Um, Let me give you an example of this. So you might have heard me mention that both of our church campuses um, were one was in a cinema and one was in a performing arts centre. And both of those was mandated that the only people that could enter were people who were vaccinated um, and unvax were not allowed to enter. So Cameron and I are used to using critical thinking skills. And while other people were gutted and worried for us and ringing us, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? Cameron literally He literally goes, I'm born for times like this. He loves the challenge. He saw it as our opportunity to not be dictated to by mandates. And what it did is it forced us to think outside the box and to be creative. And it gave us a chance to lead strong and to show our church family that unity, um, unity is our, is our greatest value that catering for and being together with everyone that they're not just white, nice words that we've talked about, that we will, um, their values that we live by. And now we got to show everyone that we meant it. We refused to segregate. And so in one week we pivoted and I'm telling you, God was so incredibly faithful and so incredibly kind to us. The Gold Coast has ended up in this brand new multi-million dollar facility that was built for um, as a sports hub um, on the Gold Coast, and we get the benefit of that. And then in Brisbane, we've landed one of the on uh, this amazing venue on one of the best and busiest locations that you could wish for, smack bang opposite a, a massive big Westfield. So we've just seen so much favor. Um, We've been able to sign a a semi-permanent lease and will never be dictated to by by the government that wants to segregate based on faulty science. So um, I just want to encourage you that when you are a critical thinker, it um, is very freeing because you get to live life on your terms and you get to live life in a really creative way. But let me finish with this. I want to finish with the idea that Jesus himself was the best example of a critical thinker. And he advocates critical thinking all throughout the New Testament. If anyone had the right to tell another person what they should think and how they should live life, it should have been Jesus, but he never did. In fact, he encouraged critical thinking because he was always asking questions. And he rarely, by the way, if ever, gave the answers. 
So we see evidence of Jesus being a critical thinker from a really young age. In Luke, when Mary and Joseph lost Jesus when they were walking back um, on their way home, where was Jesus? Well, when they found him, he was in the temple. And what does the Bible say he was doing? He was listening and putting questions to them, to the other rabbis. Um, So Jesus, from a young age, was asking questions. In the Gospels, Jesus asks 307 questions, and people ask him questions. In fact, people asked him 183 different questions, and guess how many of those he answered? Now, you would have thought that Jesus would have answered all of them, but he didn't. He only answered three. In fact, what he did is he used to often answer a question by asking another question, Jesus never told people what to think. He instead would ask them difficult questions so that the people would have to think for themselves. He would say things, deep, profound things like, who do you say I am? Do you believe? Do you want to get well? Who touched me? Jesus required that people dig deeper, not go with the flow. He challenged the way that people thought. He challenged the way that the masses did things, the acceptable way that society did things. He was a troublemaker, a misfit, a stirrer. He ruffled feathers. He disrupted their way of thinking and doing and being. He was the master of critical thinking. He wasn't just Jesus the Redeemer, Jesus the Healer, Jesus the Messiah. He was Jesus the master of critical thinking. Don't overlook him as someone that was... Um, used critical thinking as his primary tool. Jesus engaged people, not just in conversation, but in thought. And he was not caught up in being politically correct. So we have a responsibility to do the same, to question everything that we see right now. And one of the best ways that you can think critically is to A, like Jordan Peterson advocates and the principal of our high school, to write, to do lots of writing. But the second way I would advocate is asking questions. And that is what I do here on the podcast all the time. I ask myself questions. I ask you guys questions. You know, things like, well, if if we believe that or we do that, what will the what will the long-term fruit be? What is the cost of that? What is the price? Think down the track. Because those who do that, who have the ability to ask the difficult questions, to think outside the box, to think for themselves, to not worry that maybe they're going against the flow of other people, they're the ones that are the true world changers. They are the ones who are the real thought leaders and the influencers. They are the ones, oh my gosh, can you hear my dog coughing? so sorry. She's wagging her tail. They're the ones who are unstoppable. They're the ones who are the courageous. And God knows we need so many more people like that. So there you go, guys. Um, I want you to approach everything. This is what I want you to do this week. Everything you read in the media, I want you to question it deeper and further. I want you to come at everything this week from a critically thinking point of view. I want you to ask the deeper questions. I want you to search your heart, search your soul. Think about what do I really feel about this in my gut? And if you get the sense that anything that you're seeing or hearing is actually not sitting well, then ask yourself why. 
ask yourself, have I just been duped into going along with the status quo? Is it more comfortable? And these are uncomfortable questions. There you go. I'm getting you to critically think about if you critically think. These are uncomfortable questions to ask yourself, but you need to ask, am I someone that just wants to please others? Am I someone that goes along with the, the flow because I don't like to ruffle feathers? Am I uncomfortable with having a, an opinion that differs from the masses at the moment? And if so, why? And do I need to exercise more courage in my life? And I would say that that is something that we all need to do. So there you go. That is my challenge to you today. Um, because this is something I'm very, very passionate about. And um, it's something that we've really taught our kids as well. And um, I think we've very much gone against the flow in this um, in this season and this time. But I just cannot exist any other way because I just love, I just think we've got a, not, not, not that I love, I think we've got a responsibility to, to question things because that is how we make this world a better place. And I know that you guys are committed to that because you listen to this podcast every week and I think you're amazing. So have a wonderful week. This Friday, Parenthood Friday is back. So make sure that you share that, uh, come back for that. Otherwise I will see you guys next week. Bye.